saw it. I, I can't even intel like make that sound intelligent with a response. <laughs> <laughs> well, nevertheless, let's uh, let's jump into this episode of the Penny Bloom podcast. What do you say? Indeed. So this is like episode a hundred and thirty. Mm-hmm. I want. I told say. my mom I was coming to. Uh, I was, you know, I was like, okay, you gotta go. I gotta record the podcast. Are you still doing that? I'm like. Yeah, I thought y'all stopped. I mean, we take. A I mean, we take breaks, like we get some we're, breaks here. We're and well there. over a hundred episodes at this point. Yeah, one hundred and thirty. One hundred and thirty. Now this is that. That was right. It is the one hundred and thirtieth, uh, and it's going to be a good one. Uh, obviously, been a couple. Uh, been a little bit over a month since we yeah, since we were hiding outside. It's been a, a little bit over a month since. Well, because we took the we took the break because uh, you know, like you went back to school. Rick and Morty went on break mm-hmm. and such and so on and so forth. And we'll be back with the. Uh, last couple episodes there we're not gonna dip on you like we did umbrella academy and mr robot yeah, but umbrella academy was also kind of worth it just because it was starting to nah yeah see the thing the thing there was that like i still we made a poor choice we did like we did. just a show that drops all at once is not to be spoken about week to week it's just not the case yeah it's not how it's supposed it's to happen how it's supposed to work but shit, man, what you been up to since we last spoke yeah man uh, school and shit um fucking yeah i don't know just like busy as fuck with schools because i got like a bunch of senior shit like to do which sucks but i feel you yeah and also have this one professor who we don't even call her type a she's type a plus oh damn i.e i got to class three minutes late one time and she she knocked you the fuck out fucking sure i knew that i needed to be in class on time i'm like you know i'm sorry I'm sweating. I'm dripping sweat right now. It was 90 degrees outside. I walked up the hill, made it nearly here, forgot my mask. So I had to go back ah. down to my car. Come back up come the back, hill. Which I managed to do in about four minutes, which is impressive. And also the reason I'm covered in sweat. And also the reason I'm a couple minutes late. And the only thing you have to say is, Mr. Pennington, make sure that you're here on time. And it's only me and this other girl in there, so it's not like there's a bunch of people in the class. It's two people in this class. Two people. Fucking sucks. Like, it's awful. Damn. Bro, I can't imagine being in a class that small. Like, I, I, I was only at Mizzou for a semester, and the smallest class I had, I mean, I was at Mizzou, so this is a, a different game in terms of student population. But, yeah, I like, the smallest class I had was, like, 15 kids, which was crazy because mm-hmm. after that, my second smallest class was like 250 kids. Holy shit. Every single one was a fucking auditorium lecture. Yeah, That's just right. how it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I fucking hated going to that 15 person class. First off, it was 8 a.m. Yeah, no, 8 a.m.'s. I mean, I mean, dude, it's, it's, sorry. I'm living on my own for the first time in my life. I'm incredibly <laughs> depressed. I will not be there at 8 a.m. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. This is not how it's going to go down. And that's just the fact of the matter sometimes. I mean, I got out I got out of there passing, so okay. I was cool with it. I was cool with it. But uh, <laughs> because it was at 8 a.m. and because it was 15 people, if I woke up a little late, I just decided I wasn't going to go. Right. Because, like, if I walk in, that is undoubtedly noticeable. I could right. walk into my lectures late, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. the two hundred fifty four. Yeah. I had a class that was four hundred ninety seven people. That is larger than our high school graduating class, 
and we had a massive high school graduating class. That is holy shit. It was the journalism 101. I got there. And I said, so "Fuck this shit, I'm out." I'm so happy. This is like to this day one of the things I'm most grateful about is that I did not like commit in high school to going the journalism route because the only thing that makes sense at that point is to go to Mizzou to get that journalism degree because Mizzou is actually one of the better journalism schools oh, it's in the country. Top, top top 2. But the journalists top that the they produce the people they produce are not actually the people that I wanted to be. I just didn't know that. <laughs> it's, you know, this is this is weirdly true, and uh, I have I have friends who are making their way in the journalism world, like uh, Tillman, who hosts. Patterson's doing. Patterson's doing really well yeah. out there, actually. Uh, Tillman just got a job as a reporter, uh, so he's doing well too, and he's usually a. Uh, I mean, he he's he's been a co-host here various times. Joined mm-hmm. us for Zack Snyder's Justice League and uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier for a couple weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, you know, it's a uh, and see that's the thing is that like to each their own. Right. That that seriously was not for me. Yeah. My my format of journalism is this. Yes. <laughs> yes. <It's, laughs> it is it is not stand in front of a camera and go, "Hello everybody and welcome in. Right. I am Colton and Robertson like, and this m- is." My understanding of that program is that you can't really get out of it without going through rigorous TV journalism training because that's what they're known for is television journalism, like news station shit. Especially now. Like it's like you you don't have many other options at right. this point. It's like what are you going to go into fucking print? That's a mistake. <laughs> That's a mistake. Yeah. That's going to die like inevitably. <laughs> inevitably. Within years. Yeah. Uh radio, I mean just do a fucking podcast. Yeah. Uh you don't <laughs> Yeah. Literally. And that's, like, a thing that I'm realizing more and more, too. Like, think about The Breakfast Club. Like, you know that podcast? Mm Mm-hmm. I was... uh, Isn't that also an XM radio station? It's on on so much shit. And it... it, it, Because it's on the radio. It gets, like, it gets played on on radio. Like, it's a radio show. But it's also a syndicated podcast. Um, And it's also, like, on, you know, Sirius XM. It's all these places. But people forget that this, like, The Breakfast Club is just a podcast. It's just Yeah, podcast. it's just a podcast. And they just started doing it, like, before podcasts really started getting big, so people didn't categorize it as that. It was just a news radio show. Yeah. But it's like, we're 10, like, 10, 15 years into podcasts really blowing up. They are still, like, the one of the best podcasts I've ever listened to. Like... How it's like put together, just how good of uh, like uh, speakers they are with what they're doing. Like they know how to keep people entertained. Well, and part of the reason for that is that like, and this is one of the angles where you can come at like social media and uh, and podcasts and uh-huh. like, uh, you know, ultimately our media as a whole becoming more opinionated instead of more fact based. You know, it's more like what can provide the most entertainment. Not what is going to be the most informative as journalism, mm-hmm. typically, at this point, you know? Yeah. Uh, and they got in when it was, like, when it was a radio show, uh-huh. essentially. Yeah, like, it exactly. wasn't, like, it wasn't, it wasn't quite a podcast. It wasn't, it wasn't purely yeah. for entertainment. It was mm-hmm. so that they could inform you about these artists and what they've been listening to and all this yeah. shit. You know, like, it's like... Yeah interviewing the artists and stuff like that and obviously you got Charlemagne the God and a bunch of famous people already there so like they have access but like but Charlemagne the God people forget I think he got famous from Breakfast Club he was fuck off no he did not he was a, he was just a radio show dude like he was just doing radio shows and I've heard him talk on there about how he like um 
he's gotten fired from a bunch of different places and basically he got famous um doing a radio show in philadelphia and then he got fired from there from something and i think after that he goes to his breakfast club and he starts meeting a bunch of people and getting in the know and now we know him as charlamagne the guy yeah you know american radio presenter presenter is what he is uh categorized on google that's all he is he's a talking head which i used to be like when i was younger i'm like oh do you want to just be a talking fuck yes i want to be charlamagne the god fuck Not yeah do i want to be a just talking talk head. about shit make no. tons of fucking money and, Bro, and see like, if there's yeah. a, if there is a route to do that in it is like it is it is discussing pop yeah. culture and entertainment because boy oh fucking boy <laughs> do i hate sports journalism <laughs> It is so bad now. Like, none of it is good. Yeah, and it's like the older you get, the more you're like, these are just fucking college football players that either didn't make it to the league or made it to the league for a little bit and then stopped. And now someone gave them a job to talk about their sport. Nah, and see, like, that's cool. That's cool. I appreciate those guys. It doesn't mean your analysis is good. What infuriates me are the dudes who never, never got there. Uh, not even college. They didn't like they they are there because they don't get me wrong, they're good at talking on camera. There's uh-huh. a reason there's a reason Skip Bayless is on TV still. Uh you know, like he's yeah. he's he's entertaining, he's divisive, he drives up ratings, I'm assuming a little bit and mm-hmm. to each their own that is good for the network. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> however, he's a flaming fucking douchebag. Oh yeah, he is an, like And and you know what? I, I fucks with Shannon a whole lot more than I fucks with Skip. But Shannon, but Shannon ain't much better. Yeah, Shannon isn't much better, but Shannon Sharp has ground to stand on. You don't need he much. He pl- played in the NFL. Yeah, like, you just pull up a couple. You Google his name, and you got you got legitimization right there. Skip Bayless just talks shit, and nobody says anything. Bro, and he is obsessed. So I can't get like I can't wrap my head around it. <laughs> this dude is obsessed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just thankful that. Uh, they don't talk about anything else yeah. Yeah. <laughs> besides sports because that would get ugly. I'm thinking like they get divisive on shit and like skipping Shannon. Uh-huh. The way the internet got divisive on this yay and oh. Drake stuff. Oh yeah, and that's what the episode's going to be about today. Yeah, so we. I think it's about time. It's about time. Let's jump into it. All right. Yeah. To the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. talk about it so been a couple weeks since we were last together and since then there have been some major pop culture moments there have uh drake released his sixth studio album certified lover boy clb uh yay released his album uh donda long awaited long overdue uh as every kanye album is. as every kanye album is every time he was like it's dropping this friday and people were like did you hear about it kanye's dropping this friday i was like you're a fucking moron 
No, he is not. And, then he, and if you think he's even like, like, it got to a point where I was like, if you even think he's dropping on a Friday, you're yeah. dumb. This yeah. man, and he didn't. He dropped on a Sunday. He dropped on a Sunday. Uh, which, very fitting. I was like, this is insane, actually. And it's just crazy to me, too, because it's like, the album, when it dropped, is not nearly as, <clears throat> like, compelling like when when I heard the album was out, I was just kind of like, oh, okay, I'll listen to it at some point. I wasn't like rushing to go listen to it. When I saw that notification, Donda streaming live now, I was like, click. click. Well, that's 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 the no- <laughs> that's the novelty of the exactly. live. Exactly. Well, no, and like that that aspect of Ye's rollout, fucking genius. That was no, genius. like that was fantastic. <laughs> I won't I won't knock any of that yeah. because like. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's plenty to knock. He's a flaming fucking narcissist and <laughs> the absolute worst. Yeah. But in terms of like a marketing and selling records, uh-huh. branding standpoint, mm-hmm. this man's a, like the only person who arguably does it better is Drake. Mm-hmm. Like in terms of branding and mm-hmm. marketing, the idea that he did these. Honestly, l- I wouldn't even. I think Kanye's got Drake there. Drake is he was good. Uh, this th- th- we'll talk about it. But the certified lover boy rollout. Not, not really. I liked the billboard shit he did, though. That was fine, though. But that's only to a very specific audience. Like, it's yeah, not he was like wherever the just... the cities the artists were from. Yeah, kind of posted. Like, when, up. like it, I, we can see the billboards on social media, but it's like it's not. It wow. doesn't hit the same as if yeah, you it's were not like, wow factor yeah. unless I just see it driving through Casey. Like, not yeah, and that like that is what yay brought to the table mm-hmm. with the with the live uh, performance, right. live listening so, yeah, parties, yeah. and kind of. You know, tinkering with the album and then ultimately seemingly putting out almost everything he needed, like almost everything he showed. Because I mean, like you said, standout for me is Jail. Yeah, that that's my favorite Jail. song on the album, far and away. Really, I think, uh, I think Moon's got to be mine. Oh, Moon's Gas too. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I, like there are a couple standouts. Mm-hmm. On the whole, though, underwhelmed. And I don't know if it's uh, just that I'm done. With Kanye shit. Uh, but, like, I, I think back to, like, the life of Pablo, mm-hmm. specifically. Oh, I was listening to that the other day. And so, so was I. Yeah. And the reason. Better album. <laughs> it's the last good thing it's, he released. Yeah. Uh, for my money. Mm-hmm. And uh, even then, it was like, everyone was like, I don't know. Yeah. This sounds bad and unfinished. It sounded it sounded so much better to me than Donda, yeah. like and yeah. the, he ran into this a similar problem uh, to Drake for me uh-huh. on on this album, and it's that like if you are producing a sound in your music that scratches an itch, I feel you as an artist have already scratched. Mm-hmm. I'm not as into it's it. Scratched, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I'm already good, and and that's that's the problem Drake's ran into. Like, Uh-oh. dude. 2016 was the last time Drake and Ye both did anything good for me. Holy shit. Views and The Life of Pablo, yeah. last time. Like, yeah. I, I, Scorpion, alright. Like, it had some bangers. I was alright with it. Yeah, Scorpion was But, bad. uh, yeah. like, Dark Lane demo tapes, like, that was, a, that was a one-off. It seemed like he didn't yeah. even really do anything with that. Care Package that. was a bunch of old shit, yeah. so it wasn't even new Drake. And then he drops this, and long awaited. I was very excited for it, and it certainly has its place. You know, like, it's, it's yeah, good if you if you're trying yeah. to if you're trying to like 
uh, go to a fucking party and dance. Mm-hmm. That's what this is for. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it's CLB's well, it, not. It's just Drake music. Like, and it, the thing is, Drake music is doesn't wow me anymore because so many people like understand what Drake's is for, what Drake's formula is, and they've adopted it, and they 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 make the same R and like R and B. I don't know. I think of it as like Lux R and B, like luxury R and B is kind of what Drake makes. It's, it, it's interesting because he's a he is far and away the most commercialized version of hip hop mm-hmm. we've ever gotten. Yeah, uh, Fifty Cent, Jay Z, Kanye back in the day. None of it touches what Drake is now. Oh yeah, no. Uh, because. When I'm listening to it, there there is this difference between Donda and CLB, and I don't want to compare the two because they're completely, they're completely fucking different, different albums. Projects, yeah. And like, I don't, I'm not with a Donda or CLB. Fucking, I don't want either. Yeah. But <laughs> honestly, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> like when I listen to Certified Lover Boy, like it's clear he's producing hits. That's all. That's that's all Drake tries uh-huh. to do. He is way fucking out on the art of this shit. I am making money. Is all Drake's doing? Oh yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, Yay, Yay is absolutely doing that. He is absolutely making money, and that is certainly part of his intention. But you can tell the way that he goes about things. It's obviously much more artistic. Obviously, much more artistic. Yeah, he he's actually creating new things. Like he's yeah. that, and and every and everything he does, he tries to do that, and that's part of his persona, right? Like, and I like that. I really like that line from um, what is, is Jay Z's on jail, right? Um, yeah. Where he was like, uh, don't ask who he is. He already told you or something like yeah, that. Yeah, some shit like that. Yeah, and I was like, that was a nice little nod to like, like, hey, like, on one level, sure. Like, you can disagree with Kanye. You can, Kanye's not a god. I, I think everyone knows this. But if he believes he is a god, <laughs> who are we to tell him different? <laughs> this man sold out like three different stadiums and nobody knew. <laughs> like, nobody knew into. it was happening. Like, what the fuck? I don't even know, like, can, do you know how many people it takes to fill those stadiums? Nah, that's what's crazy. Is that like, uh, and obviously, Ye's Ye's at that level. Mm-hmm. You, I'm I'm doing a performance at this stadium. It's gonna sell out. It's just a guarantee, yeah, right? And Which, it, in and of itself, good for him. Yeah. Like I, I above all else, I want to make that perfectly clear. Mm-hmm. Ye and Drake, fantastic at what they do. Yeah. I just don't completely fuck with it anymore. Right, and that's that's kind of my takeaway from it all is like the moments where I can hear where I hear something new from them, I like it. And the moments, and see, like when every that other happens, moment, I'm like, I know you're capable of it. Mm-hmm. Run with it, you motherfucker! Yeah, yeah. What are you doing like, here? He put, he put, he put Kid Cudi and Don Tolliver on the same song. That's a stroke of genius, right there. He fucking. Uh, so I don't know if I've uh, if you've seen this yet, but I saw this um uh, video talking about a couple things. First, um, the 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 beats at which he says Donda on the intro track. Fantastic, the, genius. The last heartbeats that Donda had. Yeah, right. Also, though, it matches the beats in the um in the uh, in jail. So, uh, like, dun, dun. yeah. And so the drums Donda. at the end of jail. You know, like that last thirty seconds where yeah. the drums come on. Uh, someone took those drums, threw them to the front, match up perfectly. Perfect. Like it's yeah. like the drums were made for the song. They just took them out for some reason. Um, but it's like. He he is he is actually like 
being very thoughtful and creative in the way that he's putting together this album. Um, but it just, it's just, it's too long. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> nah, no. It's too long. I'm, yeah, if they, I can, <laughs> if I can watch an entire fucking movie instead of listen to your album and still finish it. Yeah. Before your album would be over, it's way too long. And the soundscape is the same, which is good. A, a stroke, like a, a sign of a good album is that the songs fit together well. But when you have songs that fit together well playing for two hours, you just get lost in the songs and they aren't as interesting anymore. <laughs> now, I did the math and, uh, if you listen, like I could, in theory, <laughs> watch all the way up to the last act of Zack Snyder's Justice League. <laughs> 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 right there. Really close. Like, it's like three hours and 15 uh-huh. minutes that these albums total to. Yeah. And so, which is why this out, al- these albums took me mm-hmm. over a week to finish. Like, oh, I, yeah. I, I, I still I, haven't finished Don. Do- I haven't finished Don or CLB actually. I finished CLB, but I'm listen, I'm I don't think I quite of... got to the end of Donda. Like yeah. I, I, I mean, like not all the way through. I skipped through songs at a certain point just because I was like, "All right, yeah, I get the general if I'm idea here." And I don't love it. I'm, I'm good. I'm it. good. I'm moving on. Unless it has a feature I haven't heard yet. Uh, and if there's anything we can take away from both Donda and CLB, it's that that's really what won these albums. The features. The yeah. features rock. Like that, though they were they were the shit. Like good. like Jay Z on both albums, Kid Cudi on both Dude, albums. Yo, I was like, Jay Z is kind of making bank right now. Like, <laughs> yo, he has some bars on. Like, Jay Z can still rap. No, <laughs> that's the thing is that like was the last was his last album four forty four. Yeah, yeah. He'll come. He'll come at us again, right? It felt like a sign off, but I don't think it was fifty. If he does, it needs to be something like 444, a really short, like, 30-minute album that's very conceptually tight and has a very few points that he wants to very clearly get across. Yeah. I just can't imagine that, like, his last efforts will yeah, be, I, like, features. Like, I, he, he'll, he'll go out on an album. I can't imagine him making, like, another... Because it's like, when you look at, like, a Jay-Z discography, the reason 444 was so, like, stand out was because it completely defied, like, all, like, his whole, like... Method like he was making regular rap albums out of it, yeah. and then he did 444, which is super conceptual and like just more, a more mature album. One hundred percent. Yeah, I can't see him doing like a like a reasonable doubt again. But. Well, uh, and speaking of Jay Z, Blueprint dropped uh, twenty years ago today. Mm. Uh, I thought it was uh, thought it was wild quinkadink yeah i wonder what celebrity because like someone like jay-z has to probably have so many anniversaries so far in the past that like one of them overlaps probably worth it to commemorate them but do they just like party every like anniversary or like big nah it's probably like the big ones like i'm sure he does like a reasonable death like and like not every year Mm -hmm. like that's like a 20 years of this Mm -hmm. album you know like i'm sure i'm sure Jay and Bay are celebrating 20 years of Blueprint somewhere right now. Oh, yeah. Riding on that surfboard. (laughs) (laughs) Riding on that surfboard. (laughs) That's just my guess. Uh, but yeah, I, and I've been, I've been talking a whole lot about how, like, I wasn't a huge fan of either of these albums. However, there are standouts. Mm -hmm. I liked, uh, one song that I didn't, uh, that scratched an itch that hadn't been scratched before on Drake's part was uh, I Miss You Too. 
featuring Kid Cudi. I liked uh-huh. it. It was like it was different, and like it was like also a weirdly new vibe for Cudi. He d- yeah. he hasn't gone that way a whole bunch. Oh yeah, no, he he had been doing some kind of new stuff on there. Crazily, I thought the um, yeah, In Too Deep wasn't wasn't. Um, I like that one too. Future and J- Future and Drake do have they, a thing. No, they got they figured that shit out. Yeah, they, they can drop any song and it's gonna be good. Uh-huh. Like I cannot believe they haven't they haven't done the What a Time to Be Alive too. I I cannot believe that either, honestly. Uh-huh. Just because, like, do you know how many records they'd move if they just did that? Yeah. Like, and that's what's cra- that's the part that's crazy to me is that Drake chases the bag. That's all oh, yeah. he does. Yeah. So like that's got like I bet like twenty twenty five when it's been like ten years they're gonna be like what a time to be alive yeah, too no they're they're trying to make some money off that shit for sure well it's funny uh, though because like thinking about it, like twenty fifteen that's like the last time I would have said what a time to be alive and like meant it in a good way and meant it in a good way <laughs> <laughs> yeah right now we're just like what the fuck what a fucking on? time to be alive huh um Jesus fucking Christ I, I did think the CLB cover was. One creepiest shit, two bad. Nah, here, uh, I w- I'll continue to shit on Drake's album here. Okay. Uh, fucking despise the cover art. And did, did have you, you read the the animated that it's animated? Pull pull up the the certified Loverboy cover art, like the the album, and look at the look at the um album photo. Oh, yeah, it's moving. But why the fuck? Are you just having a bunch of pregnant emojis blinking at me? This shit is creepy. Like, no, yeah, that's weird. What, what is the concept? The thought? I have no idea what I'm walking into when you tell me multi-million dollar recording artist Drake headlines with new debut or with, or with new album, certified lover boy, and you show me a bunch of pregnant emojis blinking. Like, what the fuck? Nah, here's the thing for me: is that like he's a fuck boy. Mm-hmm. He's he's an absolute fuck boy, oh, yeah. and uh. I saw I saw a TikTok that was like I can't be excited about Drake albums because every single one of them sounds like a diary for the most unlikable man on earth. Yeah, 100%. I cannot stand listening to Drake rap about the things he raps about, especially consecutively. I'll listen to a song here and there. That's fine. But Jesus Christ, let me read you the description on Apple Music that made me go, all right, I never need to listen to this again. <laughs> Damn, you're already there. You're like, I don't even think I want to do it again. A combination of toxic masculinity and acceptance of truth, which is inevitably heartbreaking. That's enough for me. Whoa, 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 whoa. I've never looked at this. Toxic this masculinity. Okay, first of all, this is three sentences, though. Apple Music, like, albums. They be putting out, like, paragraphs. Like, no, uh, and that's, like, if they're not written by the artist. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but this is... Dead. Executive produced by me. No, no, no complaints about the uh, executive produced credits or the, the Ded- dedications. But even. the acknowledgement of your own toxic masculinity. And I don't think the acceptance of true thing is an ex- like is like trying to move on from that. It's accepting that you're a complete fuckboy and being okay with it. I was like, I, I, I read that description and was like, oh, I don't even know if I want to start listening to this. It's so wild to me how, like, because you're like, what do these artists, like, you have to, no matter what you're doing, I believe that you have to have a thesis before you start creating something. And 
every album that gets created has a thesis, right? When someone asks you, what the, what's your next album going to be like? What is going to be, what is going to sound like, what it's about? They'll give you a thesis about what they've been thinking about that's been guiding, you know, what they created. And it seems like the thesis for Drake is a combination of toxic masculinity and acceptance of truth, which is inevitably heartbreaking, which sounds like a lazy attempt at poetry from a high schooler. I'm sorry. No, it does. <laughs> no, and see, that's the thing that annoys me about Drake is that, like, there are so many more talented people. Mm-hmm. There are so many more talented people than Drake. And, again, I don't want to be like a Drake hater because yeah. respect. This man has got the bag. Yeah. He has set yeah. his kids, kids, and he, kids And he does up. make good music every once in a while. Oh, and don't get me wrong. <laughs> I fucked with him for ten fucking years. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just it's gotten to a point where I'm like, bro, you were 35. <laughs> Grow the fuck up. You were 35, yep. I was like, hey, this shit hard when I was 16 when because I, 16. I thought it was kind of relatable <laughs> at 16. At 16. Bro, I swear to God, I used to be bobbing my head at some Drake thinking about that girl. Like, man. Cops said her out, say, <laughs> this is in my home phone. I should call one and go home. How you gonna fight with me at cheesecake? You know I love <laughs> How you gonna fight with me at cheesecake? You know I love to go. back in life. See, yeah, I can't take bro, you no. I think like, and that's the thing is that when I think about like, I always think about if I'm becoming too cynical whenever I don't like something because <laughs> don't like, think that. yeah, n- no, no, and I've I've grown out of that. Like, I like I was a very brief stint of things where I was like, and the reason I immediately real, it's like no. Because there are still things that are released now that I immediately that fall love. in love with, yeah. and okay. so I'm like, so I know this isn't that good. Yeah. Uh, like Chris Patrick, did you did you ever listen to that? Chris I did. Patrick album? I did. Ooh. Ooh. I was like, I was like, yo, like, see, I would much rather listen to some shit, like, but and like maybe this is just the natural arc of things. Chris Patrick has something to prove. He and you can hear it. Like you can hear that he has something to prove. And what got me to listen to him was this video of uh like showing one of his earlier music videos to his one of his later ones. And he's not even like broken the threshold yet, but his evolution already has been from someone who wanted to rap to someone who started rapping to someone who started recognizing that they needed to say something in their raps. And you can so clearly say like he's see fantastic. That. I was like, and and I I cannot wait for whatever. Who was the uh, who was the dude who did a freestyle just just signed a TDE? Oh, uh, Rayvon. Uh, Rayvon, yeah. bro. I listen to Ray that. fucking Vaughn. So I, we can talk about that too. Nah, fuck uh, CLB and Donda. We're done. Yeah, we're, they were uh, all right. It was all right. Our discussion of them was all right because they were all right. If they would have been more in depth, if there was something to go more in depth. Uh, uh, one, on. one more thing, though, <laughs> the Yay versus Drake beef, completely manufactured and bullshit. One of them needs to get shot before I believe it. <laughs> but that's not gonna happen. It's absolutely not gonna but happen. You know why? You because it's fake. It's fake. <laughs> like Drake and Connie are too big to have beef. If they no, have beef, it's getting handled in court. I no, promise you. No, here's the thing: they are so disconnected from reality. Yeah. That, like, there's no way they even would know what they're fighting about. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what they're fighting about. Nobody does. <laughs> they're not fighting about shit. They, they're selling records. They have nothing to fight about. Like, it's like, bro, if you are as well off as Drake and Kanye West and you can still find a reason to be so pissed off at another rich person that you need to make the world know. 
I want to make it clear that I I wish for no physical harm yeah. upon Kanye West or Drake. I know I just yeah, said yeah, that one of them yeah. needs to be shot for me to believe it. But, that's, but that's I mean, like you know that won't happen. No, exactly. Like what I need to see happen for me to believe, like they need to be in my backyard, <laughs> both with guns. They need to walk ten paces away from each other, turn around and fire. <laughs> if they don't hit each other, then I'm going fake. <laughs> fake. Y- y'all ain't actually yeah. beefing. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny. <laughs> um, yeah, no, Rayvon though. Rayvon's nice. He is nice. The I new new TDEs. Have you gotten to his old stuff yet? Yes, I listened to what is it called? Idol. Idol. Yeah. Uh, and the cover art for Idol. oh, the cover art for Idol. That one lone car with the yeah. brake lights on. Just oof. That that just bring, like gives me a flood of so many memories of all the times I've been poked in between cars in a parking lot with my like car just idling. Doing, mm. you know what? Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> but I'm not going to lie to you. I listened to Idol, and I was like, I never heard someone rap so fucking hard mm-hmm. about, like, getting their heart broken by a woman. Yeah. Nah, because usually, like, that's what that was what was, like, mind-blowing to me is because mm. usually when dudes are coming like that, Rapping on beats like that, rapping the way Rayvon does, yeah. it's fuck bitches. I don't need, I don't need women. Uh, just, yeah. just money for me. And this dude was like, "You hurt me." Yeah. <laughs> you hurt me, bitch, and I want you to know. <laughs> <laughs> and see, like, I fuck with that. That's a vulnerability yeah. in an artist that I need to see. You know what yeah, I'm saying? No, Especially like, and like, it has the, complexity. The vulnerability in lyrics while coming at me, making me go. Just like bang my fucking yeah. head, and I'm like, "Damn, this shit's sad." <laughs> this shit's sad. <laughs> yeah, those are those are the ones that hit the hardest though, because it's like that was what that first that's what that first um, Chris Patrick song made me think of. Uh, uh, what was it called? Where he was just like, uh, like uh, tired of like dumbing down my shit, so these motherfuckers can get it. Like, you know, he's like, "I hit that switch, bitch. Don't forget it." I was like, "Ooh." Ooh. yeah no but like when you get like when you get them like just like i don't know being like passionate about like sounding good but also being passionate about what you're saying like it's amazing brother and that it's amazing brother honestly that was kind of a thing that i think the baby keem album lacked in a couple respects okay i'm ready to talk about baby keem if you are too it was almost too it almost wanted to be too experimental and it lacked the substance to experiment with. I, okay. I fuck with that perspective. I, I thought <laughs> yours is a more in depth perception of this album. I went, the middle of this album is fucking boring. Yeah. Uh, it, it like I, I fuck with the first few tracks and I fuck with like the last half, like not the last half, but like, uh, I think it's like whenever family ties and then after, Yeah, like that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah. But the middle the middle of that like when it when track 5 through 9 cuz even the Don Tolliver feature was was I, lackluster. I it, it wasn't very it to good. Be good. I was like Don Tolliver's been hitting but it just wasn't. It, it just missed that time. Yeah. And like it, it happens, you know, there are bad features yeah. every now and then. Don Tolliver's still I mean, dope. Let's, to be honest though, like I didn't really love Baby Keem's performance on Range Brothers. And it, like Kendrick's wasn't forgettable by any means, but it's not good. But like, it's not it's... like him going all out. Like it, it the only the top parts of the moaning, top of the moaning, top of the moaning. Let's get this shit. Let's get this shit. Let's get this shit. 
there are moments where like I'm like, damn, like trademark USA. I love that, especially when that. the transition happens. Mm. I was like, this is hard, and like, uh, <laughs> pink panties is uh, just okay for me. Just okay, not my favorite. Not, my, not my, favorite. my favorite, and I also don't think it's bad necessarily. Like, yeah. I think that's one that like I could revisit, and it'll eventually grow on me. Mm-hmm. But I've only listened to it once, and thus far, like, I, first listen, I I heard it and went, oh, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, um. But, like, the moments where Baby Keem and Kendrick would go back and forth, those were the moments where I was like... That's feel what like, we need, I, it, Baby Keem, on at all yes, times. And I feel Act like, like you're competing was, with your cousin, right. bro. I was like, it sounds like he's trying to... Like, he, it sounds like he knows he's putting his best verse right here. And that is perfect. But, I mean, you don't have to do that on every song. But do it... I don't know. Just like whenever you want to rap, rap like yeah, right. Because like he he like it is called the melodic blue. Like so mm-hmm. he does go with that melodic style and a lot more. I do more. like his melodic songs. Like and I do, that's I what do originally too. got me into Baby Keem. Actually, like when he did um, "Die for My Bitch," I, I really I that's the name of the album. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was just such a funny little like casual throw. Like when he did uh, "Die for My Bitch." <laughs> um. Yeah, he, I, like I really fucked with um, uh, what song was it? Uh, Honest. Do, do you remember that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really fucked with Honest, and that's a melodic song. And I didn't know that Baby Keem could rap really, but now I know he can. Bro, cause Family Ties. Yo, yo, he that family he came with it. Family Ties was the single, hands down. Like, oh yeah, like, it's down. so easy. Like it's so undeniably the best song on the album oh, that yeah. it's like. I can't believe the rest of these songs are on the same album. Yeah, right. Because it's like, this was just that good. Family Ties is absurd. 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 Yeah, no, that shit was insane. Um, also, fucking Vent. Um, <laughs> Vent was pretty funny to me, too. That was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that was... Like, uh, Vent was actually one of them. Vent and six. Well, that's the one... Where, Vent's the one where, like, he, like... Like, Kendrick pops in a couple times and, like, yeah, they he, really switch it yeah, up at the like, end. I need my fade. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Or, what, have you ever been punched in the motherfucking face? Nah, no. wait. Wait, bitch. It was like, nah, wait, bitch, something. And then, yeah. But it, I, I liked that song because I was like, ah, it's called Vent. And they're just talking about, like, fucking running the fade. Look, yeah, it, yeah. It, this is straightforward. I can get down with that. Um. Have you ever the, been punched in your motherfucking face? The best part. What you say? <laughs> oh, you haven't? I wait. I wait. <laughs> Bitch. And then like it like and then the beat drops and it's yeah. like I thought that was hard. No, like, so this is the, this is the thing that I want to like say is probably um and I think Baby Keem has always had an experimental sound and experimental interest. Oh, but man. I think the thing he's most successful in experimenting with on this album, and I don't know if this was his idea, his idea or Kendrick's, because Kendrick has been doing this for a little while longer. But the experimentation with ad libs really amazed me because I was like, especially on Range Brothers when <laughs> when like at the end when Kendrick is doing those ad libs, he's Baby Keem. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, <laughs> well, no, I'm like that's what's crazy is like this felt like. Kendrick throwing ideas at the board. Yeah. No, like, I'm not going to lie to you. I thought, like, at some points I was like, is Kendrick sabotaging his boy? <laughs> like, I thought, like, I thought, like, are there, there are moments on the side where I'm like, I think Kendrick is, like, throwing ideas at the uh-huh. wall, thinking, like, okay, if people like this, I might use, like, use, in, use it to influence my album. Right, right. <laughs> 
like like on vent. Uh-huh. Uh and then obviously at the end of Range Brothers. Yeah. Top of the morning, top of the morning, top of the morning. Top of the morning. Let's get this shit. Let's get this shit. Let's get this and shit. I just can't I can't help but like be like just get a little jiggy to it. Like it, it, No, I'm not like <laughs> see that's the thing is that like I don't know what it is and like I don't want to be out here like oh yeah, I didn't think I didn't think Donda or CLB were good music, but I'm a bop top of the morning. Top of the morning. Top of the morning. But but I can tell there's some artistic motivation there, yeah, and like right. that helps me a lot more than CLB. It like does, it does because it just it sounds like one of those things. Like there are times where you know something just shouldn't sound good, but it does. But it does. And there's certain there's certainly like it, it, and like uh, an artist who that most specifically happens with for me is Earl Sweatshirt. Yes, uh, that was the vibe that I was getting uh, from like this from Baby Keem mostly was like. Very Earl, early Earl vibes. Oh, who was the dude you got? Uh, Mavi. Mavi. Yeah. I, I, Mavi and Baby came yeah. are very like oh, kindred they, spirit for they me. Would make a crazy ass track together. Yeah, I've never thought about that. Nah, Damn. but Durag Activity. I like that I one. Did, too. I did like, and you know, Activity I like too. I like Baby Keem on that mm-hmm. one more than I like Travis Scott. Oh, I always uh, like. The, I always like like Travis Scott's the one feature that will help your song undoubtedly. He will make it sound a little better, but you will usually outperform him. And that's <laughs> just because like it's it's the same thing as what we were talking about with Drake. Mm-hmm. We've gotten about as much sound as we're gonna get out of Travis Scott, right? Which is why on Astro World, the features stand out. Like the it's songs true. are good, the features stand out. Well, I mean, there's a reason Sicko Mode was the biggest song in the world. Oh. And it wasn't Travis Scott. No, no, he was hardly on that song, as far as I remember. Oh yeah, like that was a Drake song. I remember the Drake. Like I can't even tell you a Travis Scott part in that song right now, off the top of my head. I can't either. No, all I can think of is a I just took a Zan (laughs) or like a I took half a Zan, whatever. Yeah, out like a light. God, like a light, a different period. Like a light. Oh my! No, bro, God. that just transported me Holy to a different shit. time period. It did. Me too. I was thinking about the night I first heard Astro World. I thought that album was so good. Yeah, the first night I listened to it, I was so baked. Oh, I remember that. But that's an album to listen to, baked. No, yeah, certainly is. If you got to listen to Astro World uh, for the first time, high off your ass, okay. off marijuana. You are one of the luckiest motherfuckers alive because I tell you, I thought I had a life changing experience, <laughs> and then the next day I listened to it and I was like, "This is just all right for me." Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is just all right, and that's that's kind of how Travis Scott. Got I, I added it to a playlist with like Blonde, uh-huh. like Flower Boy. And I was like, Astro World's right here, and I really don't think that anymore. Oh, shit. But yeah, no, that's it's uh, a good album. It's a good album. It's a good album. I like yeah, it. I like him, I, and you know what's crazy? I. Astroworld's typically one that I don't go to a lot for comparisons. Yeah. I like that album a hell of a lot more than I like CLB or oh, Donda. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. Yeah, I, I don't think, like, we've gotten all these crazy drops, and to be quite honest with you, I'm just still waiting on Kendrick. That's all I care about now. Yeah. Uh, and see, like, there have been some uh, great surprising drops in between in between right. here and there. Uh, but the fact that even J. Cole somewhat underwhelmed me this year. Yeah. Interesting, mm-hmm. you know, like especially coming off such a long wait for all of these yeah. artists to drop music. Uh-huh. Fascinating that we've gotten Drake, we've gotten Ye, we've gotten J Cole, mm-hmm. and I just I'm yeah. good. I'm good off most of it, you know. Like I'm yeah. not. I haven't revisited the off season a whole lot since I first listened to it. Mm-mm. Uh, 
I, I, I did certainly it in weeks won't after, be. But I haven't. I haven't. Oh yeah, same. Like I, I for a few weeks, like I, I, I stayed in the rotation. But there's not a single song that still remains getting played uh-huh. in my car. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, uh, and I'm in a car all fucking day, pretty much delivery yeah, driving. Right. Uh, a couple other shout outs for things that came out too. Um, that are a little less uh less publicized. We had uh fucking uh is it, the music that's dropped goes back a few weeks since we does. last talked about yeah, it. No, it does. well yeah, if you want to pull up some more, these are these might be uh, I I've, I've definitely missed some, but there's the new uh, AZ album. AZ. Go or Die 2. Okay, I do not I'm unfamiliar. I will have to check a, this out. Uh, you know AZ though, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. The, the album, um, I hadn't even heard of it though. Yeah, but it's like this is like he, he hasn't dropped in forever. Like, I don't think he drops music. Like Yeah, like this is... <laughs> uh, well, oh, I guess looking at it, he does. He dropped another album in 2021. You listened to that uh, Boldy James and the Alchemist? Yeah, that was Bo Jackson. Say Bo Jackson. Nah, like that right now? That was That gives fire. everything this year a run for its money. Even the cover, the art too, the artwork is amazing. Oh, dude, and like I'm a sucker for Bo Jackson. Uh-huh. You know, like uh, my dad idolized Bo Jackson when he was growing up so my oh, dad yeah. therein instilled a love for Bo Jackson yeah, for I mean, me at a young see, age if, if I got to see Bo Jackson play I would fucking he would be, be like, the coolest he would he would be the coolest motherfucker of all time yeah Un- undoubtedly and like I love that like Bo Jackson apparently for Boldy James has been a nickname oh. or is his name straight up Bo Jackson wait I think his real name is Bo really I'm pretty sure oh I didn't know that I'm going to look into it real quick so I don't sound like a complete fucking idiot. <laughs> um, yeah, I was I was excited to get a... Uh, I'm completely fucking wrong. Ignore that shit out of me. Uh, <laughs> James Clay Jones the third. <laughs> Fuck no, it ain't Bo Jackson. <laughs> uh, There's got to be a... Re- like, I, I feel like there are multiple bars on that album where he mentions being called Bo. Yeah. Being being specifically called Bo Jackson. Uh-huh. Which, which songs did you like from that album? I liked every song from I that album. I swear to God, like... And that's the thing with Boldy James albums I'm finding is that he puts together, he puts them together so well. Let me tell you, <laughs> Griselda might be the greatest rap collective of all time. Oh, yeah, probably. Conway the Machine, Benny the Butcher. Uh, uh, West Side Gun. West Side Gun. Gun also dropped. Uh, yes, he did. Oh, they all drop all the time. They do. Yeah. Uh, Benny the Butcher's got like three projects this year. Wait, has he... he dropped a uh, Pyrex Picasso and Trust the Sopranos. Like this dude's been busy, uh, and those are gas too. Those were a couple I was going to bring up. Wait, Benny the Butcher. Benny Wait, the, bu- the Butcher coming. Yo, what? I, what? Nah, bro. I have not heard. Trust it. the Sopranos and Pyrex Picasso. Got to check those out immediately. How, how have I missed these? Like I and I keep up with with Benny the Butcher. Like when the you follow I him met, on Twitter, right? Yeah. When, so do I. How the fuck did I not find yeah, these on Twitter? When the when the plugs I met two came out, like I was looking forward to that. Like I would like wait. Like I remember. Like oh yeah, I was like, gonna that's gonna be some shit right there. Holy shit! Trust the Sopranos, Pyrex Picasso. How. Yeah, but I I like how they do it. Like they drop really short projects, but they do a lot of. They do a lot of them. That's what I fuck with. Is like, and then like Boldy James is a part of that Griselda collective. Uh, There's another guy, Makami. You familiar with Makami? So Makami is really interesting because he um, apparently had an album that was like valued at like, like it was like thousands of dollars. Like he was like charging like thousands of dollars for his album. And, well, didn't uh, he get like a title exclusive debut yeah, album? Yeah, he he gets he, like he's gotten all these crazy like 
cosines and cosines and like like just like like things that have happened that he's done. And Nobody like, even knows what this motherfucker looks like. If you fucking he wears a mask, he has, like, he's like songs. MF Doom. Yeah, and it, it, he just like doesn't even have that much music though. And he it's dropped like, it. he dropped an album in 2021 though. He did. Pray for Haiti, and uh, this shit is fucking gas. Seriously? Yeah. Like, uh, I know we. I'm gonna keep coming back to it since we it was the main topic of the episode. Donda and CLB. I'll take that over either of those yeah. two. Like. Same with same with uh, the oh, same the, with Bo Jackson by Boldy James and uh, I take Trust the Sopranos. Pyrex Picasso was just okay for me. Trust the Sopranos is the one you really really need to yeah. get a look at. Uh, the first song on that actually uh, samples uh, an absolute fucking classic. Uh, that's the uh, it's the theme song for Wet Hot American Summer. Uh-huh. It's a TV show. And it's just, like it's got like this strong '80s guitar, yeah. But it's like it's got a hip hop twist. Obviously, uh-huh. it's just sampled, and it's like, fuck, that is outstanding. Yeah. Um, it's funny. It says on the Makami uh, description, enigmatic, comma, Newark raised rapper who has recorded with DJ Muggs, Ural Drew, Kale Chris, and Earl Sweatshirt, and that's it. That's all. That's all they know about Makami. No, like, I was looking into it because me and my dad were talking about it. He really fucks with Griselda because, you know, like, yeah, all of them are, like, of... his age, uh-huh. too, which is, like, huge for him. He's like, dude, the fact that Benny the Butcher, Conway the Machine, Boldy James, these dudes are 40. I fucking love the fact that your dad is listening to Griselda. <laughs> oh, dude, it's, his, it's it's probably his favorite rap group. Damn. Like, for sure. Griselda is fire. No, like, it's, it's it's 100% my favorite rap group yeah, at the right moment now, and has been and has five, been for like, months. Fuck Migos. Like, what the oh, no, fuck Migos. Uh, fuck Brockhampton. Yeah. Fuck, uh, fuck anybody else doing it right yeah. now. Griselda's the shit. Griselda is the shit, yeah. Uh... But we were talking about all their ages, uh-huh. uh, and I was looking into it. I was looking for Makami's age. They don't know. Nobody fucking knows. <laughs> they're guess. They're they're like we guess he's mid twenties. Yeah. Bro, what's mid like mid twenties? Like if you're wearing a mask all the time and you're guessing this guy's mid twenties, this dude could easily be forty. Like, but how how does he even have a name for himself? Like in like he, it's just crazy to me how some people make this shit work. Like in the game, like whoops, damn. Rest in peace, that ball. I've been playing with a ball the whole episode. I'm also sitting on a futon. <laughs> so if I sound like I'm, like, comfortable, but I could also be comfortable laying down, that's why. That's why. Because I'm on a futon. Fair reason. Uh, you want to move on to our movie segment? Let's talk about some movies. Let's talk about some movies. So since we last talked August 3rd, I believe, we did see the release of The Suicide Squad. Which we have a live commentary of, but uh, I I know you want to get your thoughts out too. You weren't a part of that live commentary. What you, What'd you think of the Suicide Squad? Yeah, the Suicide Squad movie was interesting to me. Because... No, no, I'm what's crazy is like, sorry, you yeah. texted me when you finished it. You were the first person who had anything even slightly. <laughs> bad to say about it really and you didn't say anything bad about it you just said like it was like there were some choices where i think like this could be critically viewed pretty poorly yeah right so i want to i'm sorry i want to hear more about it i was just blown away when you texted me that because i was like i've seen nothing but everyone thinking this movie is fucking perfect yeah right and i think that that's just generally because it's an entertaining ass movie like it's oh yeah it's like it's overwhelmingly fun like the first five minutes i was like yeah at first like everyone's like who the Fuck are these characters? <laughs> You're like, bro, following his power some, is what? This, this dude arms, can throw a ball accurately? Arms, 
his arms separate from his body. <laughs> the detachable kid. TDK. <laughs> did nobody check if the, if the weasel could swim? <laughs> then they did the Jar Jar Binks. And had the fucking... <laughs> yeah, so... As you can hear, it it, it greatly uh, like it was just absurd. And it deli- like that's and like it delivers. It delivers. It delivers. And you, I, I cannot say anything terrible about the fact that this is a superhero film that was marketed to a mature audience, made hella gory, hella bloody, hella fights. All the stories do are build up to more fights, which I understand. Nah, yeah, that, and, that's where I'm like. Oh, after you text me that, I was like. Okay, if I'm thinking about this critically, the story is extremely lackluster. Oh, there there is no point. There is no point. Yeah, it, the the point is to write something that's just wild enough that by the end of it you can justify a giant like telepathic fucking starfish. Star of the Conqueror, baby. I, I I was like I like halfway through that through the movie there were there were multiple points actually where I was just like kind of looking around like. Does anyone know why this scene is occurring right now? And I'm gonna tell you the first time that really, really happened for me was when Harley Quinn and the uh, the the leader of the con- yeah. of Cordo Maltese were like they had their whole love montage yeah. about 45 minutes into the movie, yeah. and I was like, I was like, is this actually happening right now? Like, Are we in like a dream sequence? What the fuck's happening? This just took a total change of tone, and like I was absolutely okay with it because I fucking love Harley Quinn and uh-huh. I, I loved everything that was happening. It was beautiful yeah. visually, and like that's really where you got to get to just yeah. like just uh, like watch what's happening. Uh-huh. That's that's the that's the only point. Yeah, like it's right. like you get to the you get to the end of the story, and it's like what was it for? What was it for? But well, I also think that's kind of the point of the Suicide Squad. So the thing is, so that, that that's a that's a good point too, right? Is that like the Suicide Squad members are endlessly exploited, even when they win, they are still exploited, and even when they lose, they're still they're they're always explo- like they're always going to get the short end of the stick. And the movie is trying to get you to see that, you know, when you're in these sorts of positions that they are, you can. In some ways, make good things out of it, but only at the expense of like allowing more bad things to happen, right? Which is kind of what the movie terminates in, which is, you know, instead of fucking, uh, like handing over these, like getting these secrets out, doing the ethically, morally right thing, which is exposing the U.S. government's lies and like doing these things with massive political consequences. Instead, they don't do that. They make a deal, a bargain for their own freedom, which is still marginal because, like, they're just criminals who now have their freedom. Um, and will inevitably be chased down. And will inevitably be chased down, surely. Like, Harley Quinn is only going to be... They're only going to get in more trouble. So like, that's yeah. just the fact. Um, and so, when you... Think about all of that and then go back to the beginning and then think about the narrative that gets depicted, right? It's a uh, revolution is occurring. A country is falling into, into shambles. The United States is trying to, or the United States was tampering with this government and now the government's going to collapse. Now the United States needs to cover up its tracks, get out. 
Um, and that's what they send in the Suicide Squad for, right? And so you think, oh, so this movie's gonna go like this, right? They're gonna, they're, they're trying to, like, they've been hired to help the United States federal government, but they're doing bad things, so they're gonna make the right decision by the end of the movie. And you see this ideological battle play out, none more explicitly than the fucking awesome scene when Andrew's elbow falls through Fuck. the fucking building, hits the ground, and is across from John Cena, and you're like, oh, and then the fucking, see him. The, 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 the fucking, Pulling that line all the way through, oh. the fucking like, I'm more accurate than you. Yeah. Smaller bullets, smaller bullets. Yeah, and it, like, bro, and hold the fuck up. Joseph brought this up during the live commentary. How the fuck did he think he had smaller bullets? That's a big ass gun. That's a. Big that was ass a big gun. ass gun. Yeah, I don't know why the fuck he ever because they never showed him shooting small bullets. Did no, they? no, he had big ass bullets <laughs> the whole time. Big as fuck bullets. <laughs> John, Cena's he was like character. blowing holes in people no, that but, were like. Like, John Cena's character just kind of was the dumb soldier to me. Like, that's what his model was. Like, he was like that fucking dude who's in the military. He's like, oh, yeah, we're the fucking U.S. military. Like, fucking kill you all, you goddamn Taliban. Well, and, and like, that that's... It's, it is very, very fascinating. Uh-huh. It, especially considering he's getting an HBO Max series. James Gunn directed, written, 10-episode series following Peacemaker, starring John Cena. Oh, I'm not watching that. No. I, I, I'm not really. And I can't. Bl- John Cena I can't blame you. Maker. I can't blame you hardly at all. But I. T- I and I'll, I'll. I talk a ton about John Cena as Peacemaker, as we all do during uh-huh. the live commentary, because he's kind of a. And he's a very interesting element of the movie. Yeah. Well, I think he's kind of you know like uh, like I was saying like meant to stage that ideological battle. Um, well, only- and then, like, by the end, it's clear why he was there the whole time. Yeah, right. Yeah. And the problem, though, is they fight this battle, right? Idris Elba wins. They have the document, or they have, like, the shit. They've gotten out of the building. They now have leverage over the United States government, right? But then there's this big issue. There's this big starfish that's going to kill everyone. They have to save people. They have to do the right thing. So what do they do? They, like, try to defeat the starfish. They can't do it. And so then it goes into, and this is really the main part, this is the main, uh, uh, I guess, source of my criticism of the movie, because I kid you not, my mouth was just like open as I'm realizing what's happening, right? Because they're like, okay, to defeat the starfish, and if we're using a revolutionary narrative, we need to have the the downtrodden, you know, rise up and, and take it back because that's true revolutionary praxis and theory is that the, the people will rise up. The people who have been uh, like neglected are going to rise up and beat the powerful people. And they do this. They play this out by saying, oh, let's get the girl who had the rat power that nobody really understood. Just flood the starfish with rats and then cut into this teary montage or this teary like uh, uh, cut of her dad explaining how the rats were the forgotten about and downtrodden of the society and how they're going to rise up and how rats are these great creatures that we need to respect and if value. They, if they have purpose, so do we all. Right. And then you just take a step back, though, and you, you think. So the black and brown people of the world, rats? <laughs> Is that what you're equating them to? Are you equating, <laughs> like, a revolutionary spirit with, like, rodents like are you are is that how you see them like as rats i don't think so necessarily (laughs) right obviously none of this is intentional but i think it 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 can very easily be read this way oh certainly because (laughs) but i also think that like i think it's fair 
in the context of a comic book movie. Right. Well, then uh, th- this is all with the preface that like this is like al- it was already an absurd. They killed off everyone they introduced in the first five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Except for two people. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, guess, and it was like the obvious two people who were going to make it out. Yeah. Exactly. Like, <laughs> You're like, okay, these two seem to kind of know what they're doing. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, it's a werewolf. It's a werewolf. Fucking yeah. Pete Davidson. I was like, but, this motherfucker's going to die within the first 10 I minutes. I was like, no fucking way they got Pete Davidson. Oh, uh, I was like, as soon as I saw him, I was like, they got him so they could kill him. <laughs> Yeah, they did. And it was fucking awesome seeing all of it. But it's just like, theoretically, like the writing I thought was like, it just could have been a little more thoughtful. <laughs> like, and you know, what? that's probably that's probably fair. If, you, if you're trying to tell this socially conscious story, because that's the thing, though, I don't think I like I, I, my impression of the movie was that like the revolutionary aspect of the story and the government side of the story like it's it is literally all that's pushing the narrative forward yeah that's all it is but mostly you don't really need to give a shit about it yeah like that's not what this movie's for yeah. like that like and so like as you were saying it definitely could have been more thoughtful just because like it's very clear that's not where the thought was put into yeah. this film yeah yeah, no, definitely. And so, like, it's just, like, you kind of have to, like, figure out what kind of movie you're watching. Like, I would be a, a lot more upset if this were Zack Snyder's Justice League that was, like, a movie that was focused on character development, plot lines, about, like, grander arguments about what the Justice League's role in the world was. True. This is not about the future of the Suicide Squad. This is about fucking action no yeah this is this is like we want you to know this is as action comedy as you will ever fucking get yeah you will never get more action in an action comedy than you're getting here you'll never get more gore in an action comedy than you're getting here. oh yes yeah. so you might get more comedy in an action like, comedy yo though. i this is this is a lot right now like man this is I, like i've never seen so much blood and i like a movie based around DC or Marvel characters. No, nah, the fact that within the first 15 minutes, you literally watch a person's face get blown off. Yeah. Like not, not, yeah. I'm not talking about Savant getting his head blown up. I'm talking about Pete Davidson getting shot in the face and then his whole face being gone yeah. and it being zoomed in on his face yeah. while that happens. Yeah. Yeah. They, they were like, you. and that was the first one. Like they were like, we want you to know yeah. this is what you are getting into. Uh-huh. And like, so when it comes to like the uh, action sequences and stuff and the uh, the the sen- like the uh, the visuals, I thought it was very beautiful. I thought uh, the soundtrack kind of rocked. I thought uh, oh, yeah. I thought the action sequences were fucking dope. And I do absolutely agree. The story elements are far and away the weakest element of this movie. Uh, however, apparently, story doesn't have a huge impact on my rewatch value. Oh yeah. Yeah, it, especially if I'm baked. Uh huh. I'll watch the shit out of the Suicide Squad every time. Oh yeah, no, and it's like it, 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 there are places for those movies that you can just tune out to and like not really pay any attention whatsoever to. Oh, absolutely, and like the Suicide Squad is absolutely one of those movies, and I think that like there are some like really minor character leaps. Like you, uh, and but they're very forced, and they're very like 
let's wrap this story up. You yeah. get it? Like yeah. with Idris Elba's Bloodsport all of a sudden being like, I, I know he's not a good guy. He just did like the obvious good thing. But like the whole, his daughter being like, that's my dad. Like he did one thing that she can finally be proud of. And I loved that. Mm-hmm. And then they did the whole Idris Elba like, uh, petting the rat and him, him yeah. overcoming a trauma and stuff. And like, yeah. I liked that. It was very simple. It was very simple. And I appreciate that. Like that's, that's cool. It, it brought the characters full circle. Like, yeah. They did what they have. You like, you can't have a movie that doesn't develop the characters. However, I don't think that outweighs the fact that he yelled fuck you at his daughter earlier in the <laughs> movie. You know what I'm saying? Like he yeah. got in a screaming match in which he said, I never wanted you. Fuck yourself. Get out of here to his daughter. Yeah. And frankly, uh, there's not really an amount of character development that can happen to where I'm like, I forgive you for that. Like you, you're yeah. kind of a piece of shit. You've, per- you've permanently traumatized your daughter and yeah, that right. is undoubted, which is why by the end of it, I'm like, sure. They made the right decision, but did they, I, here's I the other, they here's did. the other point here. Here's the other point here. They're the suicide squad. Yeah. They're a group of villains. They're a group of villains. Like, like, you're yeah. not supposed to like them. Uh, like you're not supposed to be like, these are good people. Yeah. Like they are, they are the worst. They are the worst of the worst criminals uh-huh. supposedly on, on and the, only in the DC you universe. Like them is because they're in such a state of subjugation that you understand that like, there's no excuse, like no matter how bad they are, there's no excuse for the, sort the of way the U S government treats them. Right. Yeah. Yeah, which and so like, like by the end of it, and part of the reason why I even still feel at all strong about the critical perspective of the movie is that it's almost like the message is make a deal, get yourself out of the out from under the boot. Um, but that's the end of it. Like it's like the it, it's a it's a happy but sad message, right? Which is that if you do get that leverage then you can figure out a way to free yourself, but you will not be taking other people along with you. (laughs) See, that that is, that is, you still, that's absolutely fair. And that's absolutely why I choose not to (laughs) care about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, (laughs) it is funny the way that I've just kind of completely ignored the elements of the the movie. I don't like. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Cause you're like, damn, they just traded their freedom in for the maintenance of the United States fucking imperialist militaristic regime to continue operating without like any consequences or ramifications. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I, and I ultimately, I think that, uh, Certainly for a real, trying to take a real world message away, it is extremely bleak and devastating. Uh, I also just view it as, it's, it's a comic book movie. Yeah. And that's the other element is that like, there's always gonna be a government that's gonna be a little bit fishy, especially in the DC universe. Right. And there's always, and there's always gonna be, uh, the, the villains who get away at the end. Yeah. That's just always gonna be the case. And, uh, and you just may decimate an entire island. Who knows? And and like, see, and they, these are these are the very reasons that like comic book movies always get uh, critiqued yeah. story wise. Is because like they are the way they are, and the story elements do not. They have not set themselves up to be the best. Yeah. Like, and if if you find a really good superhero movie, that's just like holy shit. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. It's usually because they didn't adhere to those story elements. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, literally. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of one, but I just can't. It's not coming to my brain, or like the name of it isn't. But there's definitely been an example of a couple like superhero movies where I'm like, 
this is like a very real take this is kind of maybe like uh, i was thinking of titans actually titan is an example of a superhero story or a comic story um i don't know if you can actually call titans a comic story because i don't think they pull from the titan from the comics all that much it's just the comic characters yeah just the characters but like in terms of telling a story with superheroes like they're very thoughtful about sort of the The way they kicked off season three though was very very rooted in comics oh really yeah okay i I still haven't gotten there i'm working oh okay okay um you'll see you'll see and you'll be like oh yeah (laughs) <laughs> it's it's like one of the biggest moments okay. in DC Comics. Yeah. Okay. Um, At least in recent memory. Yeah. But yeah, so Suicide Squad good movie. Like don't don't hate it at all. Like I I understand. I actually thought I I was thinking at first that like critically it would have gotten reviewed bad, but like it probably like critics are smart enough to understand that they don't need to be like fucking dissecting the theory of Suicide Squad yeah. to render a rating on it, but Nah, but you absolutely right. Like your 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 critiques of it are directly on the nose. Like they it is incredibly uh well, ignorant and white. Yeah. Like like it just yeah. is. Like like it like in 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 American, I guess I should more like it's a simple understanding of what revolution looks like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like the fact that the Cordo Maltesians entire revolution got wiped out by the Suicide Squad, and then they just burst into the room and shot every leader in the in the world. Yeah, I was like, wait, what? This is not how that works. <laughs> I was, I was like, oh, and now they just seize control. Yeah, I was like, I've never seen a revolution happen that quickly. <laughs> Granted, we don't know the uh, the intricacies of the Cordo Maltesian government. They had three power changes in like a week. <laughs> so actually, four yeah, by is, the end of the fucking movie. And as soon as the dudes were coming into power. They're like, I'm fucking ready. <laughs> yeah, they, were yeah. like, they knew exactly what they were going to do. Like, yeah, they, this guy took power. And he was like, we will finally be able be able to stand next to the other powers and be like, don't fuck with us. And yeah. then the next guy was like, we ain't even going to give him the chance, bro. <laughs> we're going to fuck him up. That's just the bottom line. And then they were everyone like the <laughs> the other ones were just the first ones were just like. Yeah, whatever America says, we'll uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. We'll uh, we'll agree with. We'll agree with that. They 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 got the manpower. If you didn't know. <laughs> and then, uh, who knows what the Cordo Maltesian people are going to yeah. do with the government? But uh, hopefully, it's a better vision for the future. Um. So we also just saw Shang Chi. We did. We did. However, I want to save that for okay. like its own episode okay. because I've got other people who like really want to talk about it, yeah. and I would like uh. I would also like you to be there. Yeah, that will probably be a remote one. Me, you, Aurora Carter, and Joseph George. Sounds good. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, any other movies? Any other shows? What What? What else? Um. Actually, just give like a, a quick like, how'd you feel about Shang-Chi? I mean, Shang-Chi was really, it was good to me. I liked finally getting to see the Mandarin. The only the only problem I have with the Mandarin character is that he gets built up so much, like implicitly through how he got used earlier in the MCU, and that like to see him finally come to fruition. And to be honest, he didn't seem that strong, but I think that was just because he had to get taken. I do think it's incredibly important that you miss the first ten minutes. Really? Yes. It's all about him. Oh, okay. Like it's his entire backstory. Oh shit. Okay. So. Like I think Wenwu was absolutely dope. One of oh. my favorite comic, like one of my favorite comic book movie villains yet. Yeah. 
and it, it re- like I didn't realize how much it is predicated on that backstory. Oh, like you really? needed to watch that first ten oh, minutes. Damn. Okay, well, that's uh, unfortunate. <laughs> no, but we were ten minutes late to the theater. You 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 shouldn't have been though. The movie yeah. started right at six. Right what what at movie six, theater does I've that? Never. Maybe they're doing away with the. I don't. I, well, that no, because I saw it, I saw it twice, and the first time it was eight, it was a nine p.m. showing. Yeah, previews started at nine. Yeah, and every other movie I've gone to in the last twenty one years of my life, <laughs> the movie previews start at the showtime. Yeah. Never once have I sat down at 6 p.m. <laughs> and the movie started yeah. at 6 p.m. You're like, oh, they on time no, with this no, shit. No, like, I dead ass, like, kind of panicked. Like, yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, oh, shit. <laughs> I feel real bad about this. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, it's all good. I guess I'll, I'll have to catch it some other time. But On Disney Plus in, like, 30 days. In so. 30 days, okay. Um, I need to watch the Black Widow movie. I have a friend who bought it on Disney Plus. Um, I also bought it on Disney. So I need to. That shit was like thirty dollars, wasn't it? Yeah, but uh, it was thirty dollars to go see Shang Chi in theaters. So that's fair. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I, I I need to I need to watch Black Widow. Widow. I haven't. I can't think of. I don't think I've seen any. Any other? Oh, I watched Loki finally. Um, nah. I finished Loki. That oh yeah. Was, so have you seen uh, the What Ifs? Yes. Yeah, we're do that's going to be conjunction with the Shang-Chi episode. That's part which, of the plan. Which one? Uh the or first like a, five. A specific, oh, the first like five. like a general conversation a little bit on each one focused uh-huh. where we feel like we need to focus. Yeah. Have you caught up with it? With what if? Yeah. I've seen the first two or three. Um I watched the Ch- You watched the Child Star-Lord? Yeah. Yeah. That one's fucking dope. No, and like this is one of my favorite concepts for Marvel. And the like the comic book series is awesome, been going on for mm-hmm. tens of years, decades. Oh, really? Uh yeah, but like they've they've adapted it to be like simply MCU moments. Like yeah. and I love the way it's like, sure, there's one what if that is the focus. Mm-hmm. But you will see all these other characters and all these other what ifs that stemmed from this what if. Right. And that's what's awesome. But so my question is is the narrator of what if Bernard? Related to Loki. Oh. Related to the ending of Loki. I don't want to Have you watched... Uh, have so you finished Loki. Loki. I finished Loki. I don't think so. Okay. I think, just given the comic book lore surrounding The Watcher, uh, voiced by Jeffrey Wright in yeah. What If, I don't think anyone knows this motherfucker. Okay, so it's just the stock narrator. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and that's kind of been his role all throughout stories and every once in a while he'll get used in a compelling way that's like uh-huh. will he intervene finally like oh, will the watcher intervene because <laughs> that's like never to intervene yeah right which is why i was wondering if like maybe that was the watcher was the role of um <coughs> the end of the person that we meet at the end of loki yeah um but yeah i guess like and i know you've all already talked about loki at length i i, I cannot imagine like, because I haven't listened to any of those episodes, but I well, cannot... we watched it week to week, and we theorized week right. to week. And I know what I'm saying is, I can't imagine what those theory conversations must have been like. I'm gonna go listen to a couple of the episodes now that I've seen it, but oh, uh, no, and see, like that's what's a shame about it. I don't think you can now. <laughs> like it's like some of the theories, like now that you know how it ends, yeah. are so dumb that yeah, it's like right. But it's so the show <clears throat> is so 
hard to like grab grasp at first. Like I didn't know what pruning was until like episode four when I like felt like I needed to Google it because I missed that first explanation. See, and that's and- <laughs> that's what's interesting about me having watched it week to week. I knew what that was week one. Yeah, because right. I ha- I studied it, I looked yeah, into it, uh-huh. I did all the took all the notes. I yeah, and we talked about it at length. What yeah. we didn't obviously we didn't know what pruning does. Yeah, which we find out later. Uh-huh. But it was just like I watched that first episode high as shit, and I was like, oh, I'm not following. <laughs> like we're speeding through a lot of developments here that I feel like are setting this whole season up, and I'm missing it. All right, how'd you? I, I got one question. Uh-huh. How'd you feel about the re- the relationship aspect of this story? Uh, I mean, I understand. that's exactly the, that's exactly the response I was looking for. <laughs> no, because it's like I get why it. they put it in there. But like, do we need? I don't to? feel super. I only feel thirty to forty percent weird about it because, like. I don't know. They're not related. No, see, that's the thing. No, they're not related. They're just, they serve the same cosmic role. But they, (laughs) this, no, I saw a tweet that was like, Loki and Sylvie being together as if like Tom Holland and Andrew Garfield just made out on the No Way Home screen. I mean, but it's like, is that's not... No, it's the same. <laughs> They're variants of each other. It's the exact same. <laughs> I also saw one that was like Thor's brother kissed Thor's sister. Well, but Loki not by blood. Thor's brother. Not by blood, yeah, by of course. Blood. But the general idea <laughs> I of it. it. I, I know, <laughs> god damn it. But it's like, I... I don't know. No, no, I, I'm with it though because I had the same response. Like I've been made this way because Emily fucking despised it. The internet fucking hates it. I wasn't that. I was all right with it when yeah. I finished it. You know, I was yeah. like, you know what? I get why they did it. I I would have been okay without it. I certainly. Okay with it. I think it was useful for character development. It was meant to sort of explore the narcissistic um, roots of Loki's character and like his own care for self that has been like a focal point of his character everywhere he's ever shown up is Mm -hmm. that he's selfish um i really liked the professor loki that's kind of what i refer to loki in this and and like throughout the whole show is and they they did it once like he called him professor loki oh yeah because he goes on like analyzing and stuff Yeah, i was like this iteration of loki is literally just professor loki like i feel like that's just like a cool way to think of him uh because I, i felt like he was just kind of and it, it, it turns out, you know, by the end of the show that it probably wasn't even, um, you know, like, so in the, and part of this comes from the, the, the um, ending scenes, the ending clips, when, like, you know, it has, like, the whole detective vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and even the intro, like, I thought the Loki intro, like, just where they flashed, like, Loki on there, masterful, I loved that. Oh, I loved it, too. Oh, it. dude, and, like, I, again, this is kind of similar to the Suicide Squad. I have no complaints about the visuals. No complaints. Oh, yeah. I mean, casting, awesome. Yeah. Love Tom Hiddleston. I loved uh, Sophia DiMartino as Sylvie. Like, mm-hmm. Owen fucking Wilson. Yeah, Owen Outstanding. Wilson was awesome. No, Holy like, shit. I was like... Owen Wilson was awesome. Uh, people, people like talking about how Sylvie showed Loki his development. Mm-hmm. I think Mobius had every bit as much of a hand in that yeah. as she did. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
and like I thought, I, like the soundtrack, holy oh, yeah. fucking oh, shit, dude! That like synthy, like, yes. like it was I was so like ominous, and you're just like, mm. it, it, but uh, like it, it turns out, I, I read somewhere that they think that those clips at the end weren't like someone from uh, the TVA or um, Loki himself looking at files, but it was the character at the end of oh. Loki because there's a there's a clip in there where you can see a thumb and it's clear whose thumb it is. Ah, I see. So they're thinking that it, it, it was... So like whenever the like stamp comes down? Yeah. And they're like, Loki will return for season two? Oh, no, 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 no. Like, uh, so you know like when they play the ending credits? Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. Just that montage right there? Oh, gotcha, and gotcha. You can see the, a thumb in there. Um, and ah, so you can see kind of who it might be looking at these papers or doing gotcha. an investigation or detective sort of thing. Gotcha. Um, and it, I think it's that character. But I still like the Professor Loki angle because it seems like and this is a, a, a problem I had, a, not really a problem, but a thing I thought about was we're not really watching a superhero show. Like, because Loki's not a superhero. He's he's kind of a villain, but also not really a villain. Nah. He's just another dude in the MCU, to be honest, who has magic powers. And it's like you l- see him learn to, um, like... Be okay with that very fact. Yeah. Yeah, right. Like, he's just a... I like that's what he's told crazy shit and he doesn't need to have some like particular importance he doesn't need to be the king of Asgard he doesn't need to be the like like of some notable position somewhere have all this power he's just like uh he can be a useful part of the team by just being a normal fucking guy yeah he's he's and honestly become one of my favorite MCU characters. Uh-huh. Uh, that that show really propelled him. In a, and I, I already loved him based off like Ragnarok and yeah. stuff like that. Uh, but like for a whole new reason now. Like he found himself in a whole new way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing that's like a really, really good takeaway from yeah. this show. Uh, I, I There are several people who are very disappointed uh, just because like whether you like it or not, after those first two episodes, Loki really does take a backseat in his own story. Mm-hmm. Like, for a couple episodes, at least. Yeah, he did. Uh, and I also understand the complaint that, like, you could have replaced Loki with literally any character in the MCU, and the story could have been the exact same. Except for, uh, like, the whole, like, self-love thing. I mean, I, there's there's plenty of characters that the self-love thing could have worked for, too, though. Yeah, like, there's... yeah no, this is, this is true. This is true. Um... Yeah, but I thought Loki was good. I, I like this the MCU. This is Loki was actually the first MCU show that I watched, so I'm probably gonna watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier next. And then, uh, I think you'll fuck with that. Uh, there will be aspects of it you do not fuck with, though. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yes, did you? They will be the same out. They will be the exact same aspects that I brought to the table, talking to other people who were just like, "Oh, this shit's crazy," and I'm like, "They really did black people dirty here." <laughs> Damn, really? On on some occasions, uh-huh. like like or black w- women more specifically mm-hmm. than anything, because they do pretty good. They do pretty good with Sam Wilson. Mm-hmm. Like his character is pretty well, solid. I was going to say the response from Falcon and the Winter Soldier was not nearly the same as Loki, so I feel like that show probably didn't perform as well. Like I, I'm not going in expecting it to be as good as Loki was. 
story-wise, it's my favorite MCU show so far. Really? Yeah, far and away. Uh, there are just some aspects of it, like, like your complaints with, like, the revolutionary mm-hmm. kind of, like, like the Suicide Squad stuff. Falcon and Winter Soldier handles revolutionary in a really Marvel way. Yeah. Because they're so... It's they're they're pretty propagandic, yeah. you know what I'm yeah. saying? So it's like, if you're a revolutionary, you're going to get fucking stomped at. Yeah, because it's fucking, like, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, i.e. the make like they're filling in the vacuum for Captain America. So it's like them two together are Captain America now. <laughs> you'll and you'll see. But I I think I and like there's a there's this actress in that show Aaron Kellyman, she plays a character named Carly Morgenthau who is one of my favorite MCU characters in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh she's absolutely awesome like uh up until Shang-Chi, she was probably my favorite new introduction to the MCU mm-hmm. in Phase 4. Uh, Bucky's awesome in it. Sam Wilson's awesome in it. Uh, background on his family yeah. is cool too. Like you, you'll you, you'll enjoy that show. Wandavision is also a really cool, creative. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? You you'll probably really enjoy that front to back too. It's it's probably overall my favorite MCU show so far. Yeah. Uh, just because like it is pretty romantic. Yeah. Like that's kind of like the point of it. So Wandavision was tied to Doctor Strange too, right? WandaVision, you will need, if you want to see Doctor Strange 2, you will have to watch WandaVision. When is that? Doctor Strange 2 comes out this year, right? March of 2022. No Way Home comes out in December, though. No Way Home is going to be huge. Oh, I think, like, it's crazy what that they're about to give us No Way Home and Multiverse of Madness back-to-back. Yeah. Because I think we're about to get straight up, like, the two best solo movies Marvel's ever. Wait, so No Way Home out. is November and No uh The Eternals is November. Holy shit. So we get The Eternals November, December No Way Home. Like I think we're about to get like and then March. 3 of the event. best standalone superhero movies uh-huh. of all time back to back to back with uh-huh. Shang-Chi No Way Home, yeah. Multiverse of Madness. Like it's like they're about to go on a crazy run. And then I think The Eternals is just going to blow our fucking socks off because it's directed by Chloe Zhao who just won best director at the Oscars last year. Damn. For what movie? Uh, Nomadland. That one best director? director? Mm-hmm. Holy shit. I, I, I watched Nomadland on the plane to Colorado when I went uh, about a month ago. And yeah. Really, really compelling movie. If you haven't seen that, I would really suggest you watch it. And it's 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 a very quiet, tranquil, and contemplative movie. It's there's not a ton of like things going. No, on. yeah, like it's kind. Of, I've heard it's like just kind of. It's it's, it's a little very, it's a little devastating too. It, it, no, it, it it's very devastating like throughout. But it's like there's solace in it, and that's why I think she probably she deserves that award one thousand percent because. Watch, just watching that movie on a plane, like, and I just saw it, and the only reason I watched it was because I knew that when it came out in the festivals, everyone, like, when that when that came out in the festivals, was like, you need to watch, you Nomad need to watch Land. Nomadland. Yeah, it, but you know, it's like movie critics shit, so it's like, well, I'm sure it's a good movie, but it's going to be like a really intense movie, and it was, but it was like, it was like a very 
No, I'll definitely. That's yeah. that's one of my favorite reviews of it that I've heard so far. The one that has compelled me to go watch it the mm-hmm. most, anyway. Yeah, no, it's 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 one of those movies where you're gonna get to the end of it, you'd be like, "That was a well told story." Like that was super. Yeah, it was just it was touch, touching. <laughs> so you got the Eternals coming up, directed by that director Chloe yeah. Zhao, and it's so that's, starring that's starring fucking Richard Madden, who was Rob Stark, and Kit Harrington, oh, who was Jon Snow. Yeah. Uh, and then just a slew of crazy other actors. You got Angelina Jolie and fucking Brian Tyree Henry. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Kumail Nanjiani. <laughs> like, what the fuck? We were all over the board in yeah. this bitch. I yeah. loved it. Uh, but I'm very excited for where the MCU's headed. Obviously, too. Are you uh, you ready to wrap this this bitch up? It's an hour and a half. We're getting here. Yeah, yeah, sure. Let's do it. Fuck yeah, man. This was a fun one. This was. I love uh, love talking about Donda and CLB. All those all the other new music within the last month or so, and uh, these uh, these new movies, new movie more specifically. We talked a lot about the Suicide Squad, and then a bunch of old shows that have already been out for a little bit. Yep. Always fun. It was fun. It was always, I had a very good time. Fun. This was a very this was a very us episode. I felt like it was. It was pretty very. Uh, we didn't have any notes, no organization whatsoever. No. We just talked about things for an hour and a half. I think we got to th- everything we were wanting to talk about. To everything that I had on my mind, at least. Yeah, same. I I, I got everything. Uh, but yeah, if I can uh, if I can leave you with any one note, I'm going to leave you with several. Go to patreon.com slash bloom and uh, where you'll find just a slew of content exclusive to that website. Uh, over 16 hours of Penny Bloom content, which you will very much so enjoy. Uh, a bunch of posters that I made that are not available to use or purchase anywhere else. Uh, or see, no one can see them anywhere else. I'm just making shit and sending it into the void right now. Uh, four people seeing that shit right now. Pretty cool that four people at all yeah. are paying to see content. That's pretty though. cool. So, yeah, I'm, I'm cool with it. I mean, one of them's my girlfriend, but <laughs> who sees all of it regardless. Yeah, who sees all of it regardless. Uh, but also head to Twitter. Follow at Penny Bloom Pod. Follow Instagram at Penny Bloom Podcast. And go see Shang-Chi, The Legend of the Ten Rings in theaters. I was Colton Robertson. You were? Tavares Pennington. Oh, thank you very much. Oh, I forgot yeah. for a second. It's... What are the odds? Great. Crazy. Two years we've been doing this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'd never forget you, Tavares. Oh, never. You. Never forget. Uh, <laughs> peace, love, and bloom. And always praise Keanu Reeves. Always praise. Always praise. Keanu Reeves. Matrix Resurrections trailer oh, dropped. Yes. We're going to have to do that. That's what we're going to do. That's coming out this year, too, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, December. December. Uh, we're going we're gonna to do a Matrix trilogy rewatch the way we did oh, the Dark Knight trilogy. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I forgot that Dark Knight trilogy. That was fun. That was fun as fuck. Yeah. Recently gave those a rewatch with Emily for the first really? time. Yeah. All right, bye. <laughs>